and welcome to this episode of the Bocce Bros Podcast. This is episode four with Rodney Rinks, who is a special guest today. He has been a big advocate of the Bocce Bros really ever since we first started. If you guys remember, one of our first posts was Mario Lopez in our Youngstown Bocce sweatshirt. Well, that only happened because Rodney saw it, really liked what we were doing, and asked uh, to be sent two sweatshirts over there so both of them could have one. Rodney is a hair and makeup artist out in L.A., He's been doing Mario Lopez's hair and makeup since 2008 on Excess Hollywood, as well as several other celebrities and stars that he's worked with. Uh, I can tell he's very passionate about the film industry. He has created several short films, one being The Kiss, which is a story about a man who meets a mob boss's daughter, and one thing that brings them together is the game of bocce. We'll post the link of the film in the description of this podcast, but you could also find it on our social media pages. As always, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Before we start the show here, if you can, rate and review us on Apple iTunes. We are finally on there, so please rate and review us. That'll really help us out a lot. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Are we rolling? Are we on the podcast? We're on. We're rolling. We're rolling, man. Oh, we're rolling. Yeah, this is it. I, uh, I, I do an intro, but just to make it more relaxed. You know, I'll, I'll record the intro afterwards. So, uh, yeah, you know, okay. you know, we're on the we're on the line with Rodney Rinks. He's been um, a big advocate of the Bocce Bros, Youngstown Bocce. If, if you yeah. want to introduce yourself, because uh, you're a jack of all trades, I feel like I feel like you're you're kind of in a bunch of of um, a bunch of things out there in Cali, correct? I mean, you've you've been uh, acting. You have a podcast. Obviously, you like Bocce. Um, I know you do Mario yeah. Lopez's makeup. Your boys with him, so. Uh, yeah. Just classify you one thing, right? Yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, I do it all, man. But I, my trade, how I feed my family is is hair and makeup. Uh, I was going to be a cop, believe it or not, down in San Diego back in the late 90s. I was testing for the PD, sheriffs, and did really well. And just wasn't my thing. So uh, I sold women's shoes at a place called Charles David. And a buddy of mine worked at a makeup counter and I was comfortable with girl with women and it was a sales ploy. So his manager at the counter said, find another guy, young guy. And, you know, I was 50 pounds lighter and a lot handsomer back then. So, um, so it was, a, you know, they taught me how to do makeup and I, I didn't know nothing about it. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And he said, dude, you just get to meet girls all day and get numbers. And I was <laughs> in my twenties and I was like, what I'm doing that now, but now I get to do it a little bit more, a little more intimate. So, yeah, that was my intro, and I started doing makeup and got good at it and came out to L.A. and started acting, did um, some little indies and things like that, and it kind of just took off from there. So, so you take taken ap- applications? Uh, you said, meet girls, do makeup? But... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny because my roommate at the time, um, you know, there's this misconception that makeup artists are pretty much – hold on one sec, guys. Come in. Yeah. Yep. Busy man. Um, no, sorry about that. So yeah, there was this misconception, of course, in the you know, with guys, especially young guys, that like if you do makeup, you're either you know, you're gay, or you're 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 you know, you think you're a woman. But um, it was funny because my buddy, who I'd known for years, and we were roommates, and he had seen me with different girls. We partied in Tijuana because I grew up next to the border. Um, he questioned me one day like he was like hey bro it's cool and i go are you being serious and he goes yeah and he pulled cable for a living he so he would he would like crawl under houses and you know bit by snakes and just a mess like come home just beat the shit and there i was chilling you know like having a cocktail (laughs) got some digits so i tell him i said if you really believe that his name is jared i go shout out jared I go, like, come to come to work to come to come by my work. And I worked at the only Mac counter. I don't know if you're familiar with makeup, but Mac's like it was the it's... only counter. Uh, and there was five universities around this Nordstrom in San Diego. Oh wow. So and it was sorority week. And I had girls like, you know, I, I want to say I was a great makeup artist, but I was young, I was personable, I knew club owners, and so you know, I had I had some friends. And so Jared's ass rolls in all beat up, dusty, dirty, beat the crap. And I tell, hey, sit right here, bud. Go ahead, you know, give me a minute. I'm doing makeup applications, blah, blah, blah. And after about an hour of him sitting there and watching me, you know, 
I go over to him. I go, you want to go get coffee? He goes, how can I get a job? I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on a second. You want a job? <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. That's awesome. So, but, yeah, I'm sure there's not many other guys in that, especially in their 20s, doing that. Like, straight males, at least, uh, that I can imagine. Well, ironically, my Uncle Pauly, uh, down in San Diego, he was like the OG back in the 80s. He got in, he, he's a hairstylist, and he, you know, tough dude, plays rugby still this day. He's had, like, nine concussions and broken <laughs> face, collarbone, everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, he got into... I guess it's an esthetician. I forget what the what the title is, but he, mm. he's a he's a masseuse, a hairstylist, a makeup artist. He does all of it, and you would never you would look at this dude and you would think there's no way. And uh, <laughs> and so I kind of fell in, I guess, his footsteps. And then my brother's a handbag designer out here in L.A. Oh, he does nice. really well. So yeah, it's kind of a trip. We all we all uh, entered into this business that is predominantly women or or gay guys, and we're the exact opposite. Hey, so how many? Yeah. How many siblings do you have? I have an older brother and an older sister. Okay. So you're the youngest. Yeah. I'm the youngest, yeah. Yeah, same here, man. Represent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Ronnie, where'd you I'm grow up? I'm the best hockey player, too, by the way. <laughs> hey, wow, same here. Look at that. Yeah, right. I mean, what do you, yeah. you know, what do you expect? This looks like a young sibling issue. Hey, Chris and Anthony, you guys can hang. Dante, we'll last time we played, you lost. So I'm just waiting for yeah, that. Hey, you know, just wonder. count the rings. Count the championship. <laughs> count the rings. Hey. You guys play a little different. I was just actually this is I'm actually in Lopez's dressing room. He just left, but I, I told him I was going to be on with you guys. And your guys' style, because we were looking at some of your guys, it's a different style of play mm-hmm. from uh, I guess are you guys East Coast or Midwest? Well, Youngstown's Midwest. Midwest, yeah, yeah. But even East Coast, it's all kind of different. Like you guys play more like he said. He goes, they're not playing bocce; they're playing marbles, just with bigger balls. <laughs> I said, wow. Well, Get him back in here right now. We'll tell him how we're not just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually so, going to go see. I got to go up to his office because that's where we do. I do my podcast. Let's get in entertainment up there. Yeah. And that's where his office is. So, we, you know, he's going to I'll see nice. him. But uh, so, yeah. So, so we'll have to have him on. So we, we play a, multiple different styles, I would say. There's some tournaments where we call that more professional bocce, where you shoot the yeah. balls out. And there's other more of a, like a finesse game where – um, you know, it's, I was considering more of what you guys play, but you, you do more of an overhanded throw, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess our finesse game, we still go a little, we still throw underhand, but there are guys that do both. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, we call it the Rafi. Like that's the, I don't know if that's the yeah. right term to, to when you throw like this, uh, and then the it's other the, one is the Rolo. It's the, it's the it right called? term for it. It's, a, it's the right term for it. That's what it's called. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do like if, you know, we do play, if you do start blocking, then you do, you know, knock the balls out. But I'm more, I'm more of like a, a finesse player where Lopez, he's, he's got a, he's got a trippy throw. He, he throws it shit way up in the, if there's lights, like the hanging lights, the carnival lights, mm. they're getting broke. You get to, <laughs> like right away, you just go, he's going to break at least five of these things. I've seen his how to play bocce video on YouTube with the family. And I've seen his little style. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And we all have our little things like, for some reason, I don't know where this came from, but I wipe my hand on my leg, like my leg and my ass, and I kind of like look at, you know, I take my time, and I kind of like, I used to do it with pool too, because that's what we did. We would kind of like, you know, I would go, I would do a few strokes, I would do a lot of strokes to kind of like get the, and they go, come on, Tootie, it's fucking taking forever, just shoot the ball. So I do this, and Lopez does this thing where he does his shoulders, and then he shakes yeah. his hand, and he does his shoulders again, and he bounces. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, where'd you uh, where'd you grow up at? What's your like? Where'd you where are you from? I grew up in a place called Chula Vista, which is seven minutes from the border. I grew up. Lopez and I grew up in the same area. He's like a block away. Oh wow! So, uh, so have you been boys since growing up? Then uh, it's funny. Although we grew up like pretty much in the same neighborhood, um, I was better friends with his cousin, this guy Gordo. I, I really grew up with him, and it wasn't until years later uh like we we were friendly we all there was a play i'm sure you guys heard of tijuana right yep mm-hmm. yeah so so tijuana back when i was young or in high school it was like vegas for teenagers there was a street called the revolution it was lined with nightclubs and bars and you know restaurants but restaurants just meant bars and we would go down there and just party like you know like i remember being in high school you know you go down wednesday nights because there's a bunch of colleges too and it was five bucks all you could drink 
And if you were in with the nightclub owners, you would stay, they would close the bar, they'd pull the big metal gate down at like, say, 4 or 4.30, 5 in the morning. And you would stay in there and drink and party. And then about 6, 6.30, they would lift it up and it'd be, you know, daylight, it'd be morning. So you would go, go to whatever car and drive straight to school and sleep in the parking lot in the car. And then your friends would come and bang on the window and wake you up and you'd go to class. Oh, so really <laughs> let's go to Tijuana. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Very and different. Lopez actually owned a nightclub down there at one point. Really? Yeah. And his, we were in our teens, though. We, we were like 19, 20, something like that. Oh, so Any I've known bocce bars down there? What's that? Any bocce bars down there? <laughs> you know, it's funny. There was no bocce bars. But I know a lot of guys now down because, you know, my mom was from Tijuana. She was born and somewhat raised there. Uh, and so I know a lot of I have family and friends and stuff, but it's picking up. I mean, they got those wineries down in Ensenada. That's perfect for, you know, most wineries have a bocce court. So, yeah. How, how'd you get into bocce? Um, it's funny. We have a buddy named Steve Santagati who's kind of like a host i guess or was a host back in the day and he introduced us uh, at lopez's house you know lopez got a big old estate he won't <laughs> like me say that but he's got he's not a big old estate. He's, i'm sure he's got some property which is you know in la it's kind of hard to have but he does and so santa Gotti brought over a bocce ball set one day and we're just degenerate drinkers and gamblers and you know playing pool was always like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twenty bucks, you missed this shot. You know, it's kind of like yep. you're drinking cigars. You know, so uh, he brought. It was just another way to gamble and drink and smoke cigars and listen to music. So we started playing, and um, and Santa Gotti was the worst. Being a, being an Italian, he was the worst. But we just we just picked it up. You know, we just and then it turned into a thing. You know, when we would have little get together anything anything that we can get together for and gamble and play bocce and drink and listen to yacht rock and smoke cigars is like you know that's what it's about what does michael jordan say uh, i don't have a gambling problem i have a competitive problem that's what we'll call it yeah 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 <laughs> what uh do you guys do any tournaments together down there you guys like run any or host any or so so yeah uh it's funny because at one point we would just do little Sunday get togethers. Right. And you know, the weather here is always nice pretty much. So, uh, the bocce tournaments, we started playing, we started playing for money and then it turned into like, it just got bigger. So, um, one day at work, cause you know, we work with guys that we hang out with too. We've just become buddy with the crew, crew guys and stuff. So, uh, we Lopez decided to do a, a tournament and it was a buy-in. And so we said, okay, this is the deal. No kids, no wives. We're going to get there early, like set like eight, eight thirty, nine at the latest. We're going to draw names. It's going to be a tournament. You can't leave. You got to bring one dish. So you either bring like a meat dish or a sweet dish. Booze was all supplied because you got full bar and uh, $25 buy-in trophies, MVP, the whole bit. It, it blew up like it was so dope. You know, anytime you can start drinking at eight thirty in the morning, smoking cigars, and like talking shit with your friends, yeah, it's like the we're best. on the same page. Especially if you're married with kids like me, it's like, you know, I live for that shit. Yeah. Uh, and so that turned into the word got out, like anything, and then everybody wanted to be involved. And there's only so many slots, so you know, like uh, it, it just got pretty big. So we had to turn people away, but people still came just to watch and the way lopez's backyard is it's a tier so the top tier is the pool the bar kind of the lounge area and then the next tier is like another just like a little area and then the one below at the very bottom is the bocce court so literally people are up at the top drinking yelling stuff and throwing stuff and you're drinking yelling in fact <laughs> the first the second tournament my uncle paulie came and he's a competitive dude like he's been playing rugby for how many years traveled the world and there was su there was such an anticipation and build up and shit talking that I was on a team and he was on the opposite team. We were the first ones to play, right? So we go down there. It's you know we have four on a team, two uh, you know four on a side, eight eight players plus like other people. And I'm yelling back to those guys up there, and they're throwing shit. You know, you're gonna suck. You suck. You know, blah blah blah. And I look over at my Uncle Paul, he has to throw first, and his hand's shaking. <laughs> and he's got the ball, and I look, I go, are you okay, bro? And he goes, well, yeah, yeah. 
I go, are you nervous? He goes, oh, just a little. I mean, you know. Dude, <laughs> no, have fun. Fucking have another. Come right. on. <laughs> so, yeah, it was dope. It was. Um, That's awesome. We met again in like the quarterfinals and, you know, of course he lost. But have you ever won the <laughs> tournament? You know, have I won? Yeah, I have. I'm, I'm always on that team with like one other dude who's balling and the other two guys are just kind of, you know, and you're just kind of like, ah, you know, <laughs> I, I get to the semis a lot. I get to the quarters. There's only so many bocces I could hit in a game before, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm hitting two or three bocces. That's nine points, guys. We're yeah. playing the thirteen. Come on, help me out. <laughs> I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah, I, but uh... hopefully when this COVID shit stops, you know we're gonna we're gonna pick up another tournament, and you fellas have to fly out and and Most play definitely. some left coast style. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we're definitely open Either. to it. I mean, that's our our strategy right now, and we're actually gonna start planning it. So we're gonna start local. Uh, starting uh, obviously Youngstown, Columbus. So our Carmen Marinucci, he's the one that has the Youngstown bocce account. Yep. Um, he's our fourth bocce bro. Anthony, Dante, and I are in Columbus. Uh, Dante and I are from Youngstown. Our families and Carmen's family grew up together. They're from the same town in Italy, traveled over here, built a, an Italian club up in Youngstown together. So that's how we know Carm. Yeah. Um, so we'll do a tournament there, tournament in Columbus, and then Cleveland as well, just because Cleveland's bocce is very big up there too. So, yeah. but our tournaments, you know, what we're used to here, one, it's an older crowd, and it's taken very seriously, which I get. We're all competitive. Yeah. We all want to win. But Carmen started this, um, it's like a youth bocce tournament called the Yobo. And that's some of the videos you you probably have seen from our, our account. Um, yeah. And it was just a blast. I mean, it was it was a competitive but not so competitive where people weren't drinking and having a good time. And, you know, the Browns game was going on during that time, and they, they won a game, you know, so we were all, you know, jazzed up. And like yeah. you said, anytime you could have a beer in your hand at 8.30, cigars, betting, talking shit. I mean, that's basically what we're trying to do is – um, show how much fun this game can be. So yeah. once we get a good base there, you'll definitely have to come out and check us out because I, think, I yeah. think you'd enjoy it. It's funny, too, because, like, there's certain people that, you know, they go, what do you guys, you guys play bocce ball like that? Old? And I go, yeah, dude, you got to just come play with us one day. And they'll come play. And, like, De La Hoya is a friend of ours, and he was he, he's a golfer, right? Like, that, he loves mm-hmm. golf. And I told him, I go, dude, think of putting, but a lot more shit-talking and – fun you know what i mean yeah. so he came out and he loves it he's like dude when's the next tournament i want to you know <laughs> yes. this is great i love it, it i is. mean it inspired me to make that make that short film the kiss you know what i mean yeah. i got so inspired by our sunday bocce tournaments uh you know that i said you know what i'm there's there's a lot more because being in the entertainment business i'm i have firsthand at what people are looking at what people like what they don't like and so um I came up with that idea. You know, I wrote that short in 15 minutes. I, I walked into, I don't know, you guys know who Carissa Thompson is? She's ES, or Fox Sports. She does the NFL. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she was the host of, uh, she was co-host with Lopez on Extra. And I came into her dressing room one day and I had this other film that I had written that Nicolas Cage was involved in. And it just, it was a big movie. Dean Martin's estate signed off on the script. So it was, the ball was rolling, but it was too big. And Carissa, I came into her room and right off the bat, she said, Tootie, I can't give you any money for your movie. And I said, I'm not asking you for any money for you. Just, you know, we, I need $13 million. I don't think you have that. <laughs> so she said, what can you do for 500? And I said, $500 or 500,000? The $500. I said, I could do a lot. I've, you know, I've made all kinds of stuff. And she said, I'm going to give you $500, but Brandy, that was her makeup artist, has to be in it because she was an actress. and She has to be the lead. I said, hold on. She has to be the lead or she has to be in it. There's two different things. She said, she has to be in it. And she's cute. So I said, okay. So I went up in my room. I wrote the kiss. I came down and we shot it that weekend for a hundred bucks. Wow. And um, yeah, and it, we did, turned out pretty well. I mean, I was kind of stupid in the sense that I submitted it to like festivals that were ridiculous. I submitted it to like Cannes Festival. It's not going to get into Cannes. It's a short comedy, but uh, I ended up getting a production deal out of it 
through a, a, a festival I sent it to. The director calls me and he says, look, man, I can't put your movie in any of my theaters because it's a comedy and it's a short and it doesn't fit with, you know, you submitted to a dramatic festival. <laughs> and so I said, I know, but I was just, you know, I was, I just wanted to see. He goes, yeah. but I do have somebody who's interested in possibly funding it as a feature film. So I met with the guy. Uh, he was going to put up 200 grand either to use as leverage to raise more money or to make the movie for 200 grand. So I went home and I wrote the feature version of the kiss, which is awesome. It's called lucky Paul Smith. So it's six months after the short that you guys saw, or if you see it at the kiss, it's fish out of water. It's this, you know, regular dude who falls in love with this girl. He meets on a dating site and she's the daughter of a mob boss. And uh, the common denominator is bocce. And he ends up having to play in this game for the mob versus this cartel family where they play every year for a million dollars. And it comes down to him. And he, throw, he if he throws a kiss, a bocce, then they win. And he wins the girl. If he does it and the cartel wins, then, you know, that's it. So, of course, he wins. He throws the kiss and it hits and he gets the girl and now the cartel's after him. So this poor guy is, and they legitimately like each other. Like she likes him because he's not like the rest of her people she knows. And he likes her because she's beautiful and fun and crazy. And uh, cut to six months later, her dad, who's the boss, is moving all this stuff out of Sicily because of, there's, you know, there's a bunch of shit going on and he's moving it somewhere here. And his uh, bocce ball set that were used by the Medici's where the Polina's were $30 million because of the solid pearl ends up at a tournament in Vegas. <laughs> and he's furious because the thing's worth millions of dollars. So they go out there, him and his crew go out there and they can't get in the tournament because it's an invite only. It's all these old men. So they have to kid, they kidnap these old Italian men, the Italian team, and they take their identities, which, you know, they're like 90 some year old. You know, dude, Giuseppe, blow, and this guy, you know, Rocco's like in his 40s, and he's like, yeah, I'm Giuseppe, what of it? I'm like, you're 94? And he's like, yeah, I look good for my age. And so, uh, so the cartel, and then the cartel catches wind, and they want to rematch, and they go, and they do the same. But all the while, my poor, the, the poor character, Joe, or uh, Paul, Paul Smith, he's in love with Isabella, and he's trying to navigate through, he has to continuously win in the games, so they can, so they can move forward. Because he's trying to convince the dad that they need to break away and get away from the family and start their own. Little does anybody know that Isabel is pregnant too. So uh-huh. there's a lot of ins and outs and where the where the Polina is and how they find it and where they end up and you know and it's lucky Paul Smith. That's the title because uh, Paul Smith he's lucky. He's the most unlucky lucky man in the world because he's he found love. And he uh, and he and he wants to be with her, but he's just unlucky, and he he can't win to lose. Every time he wins, he loses because he's <laughs> more involved in that world, right. and, and more people want a piece of him. And so, yeah, I'm hoping to make that as my. Uh, I just I'm wrapping production now, post production. I should have my film finished in like a week and a half, called Made in Mexico. Which I, are you guys familiar with the movie called A Bronx Tale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. that movie. Okay, oh my God, so I love movie. <laughs> so Lilo Broncado, who played Calodro, he's a friend of mine. He plays the lead in this movie I made called Made in Mexico. Nice. That's being produced by Lopez, and um, it's it's gonna it's gonna do really well. I made the movie for not a lot of money. I called in a lot of favors, and all the favors that I called in. You know, did you get De Niro and did you get the guy who played Sonny and all those guys too? <laughs> I didn't get those guys. I just got Lilo Lopez. I got a guy named Joey Medina who was in the original Latin Kings of Comedy, a guy named Robert Revelo. But there are a lot of unknowns. But the story is just great. I mean, it's about a guy who writes the modern day Rocky, uh, Suburban Dad, and he gets it stolen by these shady filmmakers. Um, they talk him into signing a contract. He's an Uber driver too. And they still, and he's been, you know, he's been trying to do this for decades and, and his wife and kids. And it's just, it's all comes down to this moment. So he's devastated and he um, confines in a guy he works with at this restaurant 
and the guy's uncle happens to be this big drug lord, but he has no idea. So he, you know, he tells him, if your uncle could help me, you know, because the, the guy says, my uncle's really good at this stuff. You should, you know, he'll, he could help you out. And he goes, if your uncle helped me, I'll split it with him. You know, if whatever I sell the script for, I'll split it 50-50. Well, the guy here is 50, 50 grand, but it's really 50% of what he could sell the movie for. So the drug lord sends his guys to the studio, Godfather style. They get physically get the script back and void the contract. But now it's done. Like Hollywood's not going to go anywhere near this because this guy named Armando El Muerto Ochoa, who's the biggest drug lord in the world, is now attached to it. And so the, the, the dad, his name's Joe, he doesn't have the money to pay. So um, they kidnap him and take him to Mexico. And he meets Ochoa. And Ochoa is this charismatic, funny um, drug lord who ends up becoming friends with them. But he wants, he doesn't understand how, like a lot of people don't understand, you can't make a movie on an iPhone. Yes, you can, but it's not, it takes a lot of work. Like it's, it's not that easy. You need, you, it's not that easy. <laughs> and so uh, Ochoa doesn't understand that. So he tells him, you got a week to make my movie and you got to do it on an iPhone and I'm going to be in it. And my guys are going to be in it. And my wife's going to, we're all, all going to be in it and it's going to be great. But the theme of the story is really about being rich because Mike, I play the lead. I play, I play Joe, the writer. Joe has a wife and kids who love him. And uh, he doesn't, he, he sees it, but he doesn't recognize it. And when he goes down there, Ochoa tells him how rich he is. And he tells him he's not rich. You know, like uh, I'm not, uh, he tells him I'm not a wealthy man. He goes, you're not a wealthy man. You're very rich. I'm wealthy. I can have anything I want. But you, you're a rich man. You just don't know it. And by the time this is done, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to be famous. And you're already rich. So you're going to be complete. And he doesn't get it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's an ongoing lie that he's meeting with Coppola. That's what he told his wife. And it's just this whole thing. So sure enough, he makes this movie. It, uh, it's awful to some people. To others, it's fucking groundbreaking, pioneering, because he did it on an iPhone. It feels like a like an IG story with like a documentary and it's just really crazy, but unique. And uh, Ochoa loves it and he lets him go. And so Joe comes home and he gives up writing and just gets a regular gig and goes off the grid and just, you know, is a dad and the thing goes viral and everybody's looking for him because he's like, he's the talk of the town and he has no idea until he finally gets a whole his a buddy of his, he works in the business, gets a hold of him. And he has an interview with Lopez and, and he realizes how big it is. And, um, and then he realizes through this, when he sees his kids and the congratulations, all that, how rich he really is. And then of course, a bag of money shows up on his front doorstep. So now he's wealthy and you know, he's, he's being interviewed by Lopez. So now he's famous and yeah. his career is about to take off. And so it's a real feel good. One, real feel good. And you said that's going to be done in about a week and a half. That yeah, that's going to be done um, by the end of the by the end of this year. Yeah, so about a week and a half, and it's going to go first directly to um, a thing called Sonified, which is the hotel channels. So if you ever see Lopez plugging movies yeah. in a hotel, it's going to go there first. That's my first distribution, and then I'm going to take it and see. You know, I'm going to go probably to just the platform see if they're if they're interested in, in purchasing it. I also have. Like there's some distribution companies that have reached out to me because I'm on IMDb now with it. Mm -hmm. So I'll get a, I get emails saying like, what, you know, what's the plans for this project? Because there's names in it and things like that. So nice. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. What's your time check? Because we, got, we got maybe one or two more questions we want to ask you before you have to head off. I know I'm talking your ear off. Oh, no, uh, you're good. This is. I know you're good. good. I, we, I just want to. I don't want you to we be don't late. Want, yeah, we. Yeah, we want to be respectful to your time. No, no, you're, you guys are. I, I just literally have to get in my car and drive up the street. It's only three forty-five. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm good, fellas. Whatever you guys need. All right, perfect. So, um, so actually, I actually have a question. This is going real quick because uh, you mentioned like filming a, a movie off of an iPhone. I just read an article how a lot of indie films are doing that, and I'll make this quick because I know we have other questions to ask you, but. Is that something that you've seen at all? Like, actually, I know that's just a scene in the movie, but have you seen anyone, like, directors that you know or people in, out in L.A. or uh, California using iPhones to create movies or scenes of movies? 
Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple movies like Steven Soderbergh did a movie with an iPhone, but you know that's he's Steven Soderbergh. So the lenses <laughs> that he's using on this iPhone are worth hundreds of thousands. The editing yeah. system that he's plugging his because your iPhone is just your camera, you know, it's just mm-hmm. your box. So mm-hmm. the 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 editing system he's using is you know millions of dollars. So the compression, there's so much that goes into it. He can do that. There was a movie called Tangerine that did pretty well a few years back that they shot on an iPhone and they used lenses and stuff like that. And it was shot on like a a pretty like small budget and it did really mm-hmm. well. Um, it was shot on a five too, and like the phones now or the fo- this phone right now that we're using is way better than cameras when I first started making films, like it's mm-hmm. night and day. It's just a lot tougher. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it's, it can be done, but the quality when you see it, you, you know, versus, mm-hmm. you know, some of the cameras that are out today. But again, like the, the film made in Mexico, I shot it on a, uh, this camera that could, the, the camera's a nice camera, but it wasn't like a big movie camera. It was basically like a steel camera, but it's amazing. And, you know, technology's there. It, it's all right there. It's just a matter of creativity now. It's yeah. a matter of creativity mm-hmm. and um, doing it and content. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else could be manipulated, could be changed, could be... It's not like before. So yeah. to answer yeah. your question, you can, I have seen, but you still want to use something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I'm attempting my first video this weekend. Well, I've, a lot of the videos that you see on the page Dante and I do, um, yeah, but I've always been interested in like home homemade videos, stuff like that. I'll, you know, put them all together and try and make a nice story outline. So I've always been interested in it, but never really, um, like pushed myself to make, create something. So Dante and I, we're going to do, um, an Italian Rocky workout montage. Obviously Rocky is Italian already, but it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be, bocce. it's going to be dedicated <laughs> around bocce. And I love it. It's so uh, like I'm, I'm gonna... already sold. That's my concept. <laughs> I'm sold already. <laughs> so I'm gonna wake him up. I'm gonna be the Italian Mick. Uh, okay. I'm gonna you know make sure the eggs are cracked and he has it. He's gonna take a sip, spit it out, and like drink his espresso. Instead of yeah. punching meat, there's gonna be a big prosciutto there that he's gonna punch. So like, it's yeah. we'll see how it turns out, right? I have this vision, but I have to be realistic about how well I can shoot on whether I use a buddy's camera or my iPhone 12. So, yeah, but that's, that's like words of advice. Yeah. Words of advice. Music is very important for that. So, um, it's funny because I'm going to give a plug right now to extreme music.com. Extreme music. Just because they help me with my project. Yeah. If you go on there, they got great selections of shit. Music is huge for stuff like that. What you guys are doing. And, um, Less is more, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. start the scene. Don't start the scene where he opens the door and come in. Start the, scene, start the scene where, you know, he's about to hit the prosciutto. And end the scene when you yell at him. Okay. So quick, make it move. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. I'll, yeah, I'll take what, those uh, notes. It's kind of good because I was going to ask an advice question. I mean, it sounds like you've done a lot in your career. You've, you've met a lot of different people. You've kind of ventured into different avenues of work and, you know, really have push yourself just to kind of just do it and just go for it. What advice would you give to, you know, anyone listening that just kind of has a goal out there that wants to do something? Like what would you tell yourself 10 years ago that you knew now? Oh, fuck. damn. 10 years ago. So that would have put me in my mid thirties. I was already married. Well, I'll tell you this. Don't waste time. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you want to do something, go and do it. Nobody started off like uh, nobody was great at something. Everybody had to start somewhere. Some some people had a little more vision than others, but if you if you dedicate yourself and you put in the time, effort, and energy, and constantly learn, then you'll you'll keep moving forward. And you gotta just keep like Rocky. You just gotta keep moving forward. It's not about it's it's how it's how you take a punch and keep moving forward. So like for me, I guess if I had to go back and tell my younger self, it would definitely be women and partying. <laughs> that kind of made me who I am. So what? what, what I mean, without that, what? <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Love it. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> so it, while it. we're on this um, fighting thing, how was this Tyson fight? So you were at the Mike Tyson fight. One of the very few people in the world that got to see the legendary he did, Mike. He didn't Tyson. give me any advice. I asked him who should I bet on, and he didn't give me any advice. Good, <laughs> oh, good thing man. he did it though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was surreal, dude. I'm not going to lie. I've been to a lot of fights. You know, I've, I've trained for, 
for decades. I've sparred, I've spotted smokers. I've, you know, so I've, I'm a big, big boxing fan and uh, I've been to fights and that was like something I'd never experienced in my life because it was in the middle of the Staples Center that was completely vacant and looked like it was from another movie, like everything closed up, nothing around. Um, they had blackened out like a square with big, big black um, like curtains. Mm -hmm. And it was like a production and all the crew guys were in black because they were shooting. Right. And all the um, like they had a stage where where the commentating was and there was like three, four commentators and you had the commission and they were all socially distanced around and you had a you had behind the stage is the musical act. So, you know, but it was it was quiet. You know, and you're in the Staples Center and, my, and, and Tyson comes in the ring and there's music, but there's not really music. And you could hear the corners, the cornermen yelling directions. Yeah. And you see Iron Mike coming, bobbing and weaving. And you're like, what the fuck? And he's right there. <laughs> and it's quiet. And you're just kind of like, I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was actually supposed to be up in a suite watching on a TV. But Lopez brought me down. And I had to do his makeup. So. I pretty much took his chair while he was going around, like talking to people, nice. you know, like, the, well, oh, he was with Snoop Dogg. He was catching with a Snoop. contact high. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, that was pretty... <laughs> but no, it was, um, it was pretty, it was surreal. Like I said, it was almost like Mike Tyson's fighting Roy Jones Jr. in this quiet arena in LA. Yeah. Like, you know, those lights too were awesome on the, uh, the, above the ring yeah so yeah, yeah. No, it was it was pretty crazy mike's mike tyson's i think he's like 53 54 years old how, yeah. how did he look in the ring did he look 54 or was he obviously he's not no, old he, mike but no you know because i i know mike and i've met him a bunch of times and stuff uh he took it serious and you know those were 12 ounce gloves which i mean that's you know the difference between a 10 ounce and a 12 ounce is only two ounces, but it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, especially like when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to do what you're known for, which is knocking somebody else, he was hitting Roy. Like he was, he was coming after him, and Roy started grabbing him and yeah, they're both 54 year old men, but you could tell Mike still had that Bob and weave mm -hmm. and that jab, but he would get inside and he looked dangerous. I mean, he did. could he go up against Fury? No, like, you know, I mean, I guess he could, but it wouldn't be, you know, it's just he's fifty-four. Fury's what thirty something. <laughs> yeah, thirty-one. This wouldn't yeah. work, but he still looked good, man. Yeah. So I've I have a question because there's a lot of coming out before that fight. Like, hey, the rules exhibition, you can't go for knockouts. But then the promoters like, no, 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 you can't go for knockouts. It seemed to me like there was a lot more body shots um, than there typically would have been. Now, do you think that's the case? Like, they, you know, Mike and uh, Roy kept saying, like, hey, we're going, we're going to give it our all. Then those rules came out and everyone was worried about it. I just, uh, to me, it seemed like he wasn't really, he definitely was throwing punches hard, but he seemed like he was going for the body way more. Well, if you've ever been in the ring, like, you know, you know that like a lot of times it starts out with like, yeah, we'll just move lightly. We'll move around. And then, and then someone gets cracked and you feel, Hey motherfucker, that wasn't lightly. <laughs> and so then you come back and then they come back. And before you know it, you're at, you're, you know, you're going to war and, mm. and, and, Dude, you can't play boxing. You can play anything else. You can play bocce, but you can't yep. play boxing. You can't mm -hmm. you can't punch somebody in the face and expect them not to be to be cool with it. Even doesn't mm -hmm. matter how 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 uh, professional they are. If they mm -hmm. feel that you came after them, they're gonna come back after you. You mm -hmm. know, or they won't. They're, they're not. They shouldn't be in the ring because then they're not fighters. And you saw Mike. There was at one point he was like, because he was mad because he really wanted to fight Roy, and Roy was just doing his thing. <laughs> and he there was one point Mike was like, "Come on, like right now, let's go at it." And Roy was still just doing his thing, and I was I was waiting for it. Well, dude, Roy didn't want that heat, man. No. Mike, who does? Crack. No. <laughs> who does? Nobody wants that heat. You know what's <laughs> wild? So big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast, as most people yeah. are, and. Several months ago, maybe six to eight months ago, Tyson was on, and he was overweight, smoking a ton of weed, kumbaya. Then he announces his fight about a month later, drops all this weight, gets back on the podcast, and it was, you could tell a complete mental difference from the Mike Tyson oh, yeah. six months ago to now. I mean, he, yeah. was, he was emotional in the podcast, talking about how knocking people out makes them feel, and it's just, it was crazy to see. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It motivated yeah. me. 
Yeah. No, he's he. The discipline is there because Mike blew up. Mike lost a hundred pounds. Mike got up to like two or three something. He was big. Wow. You wow. know, and uh, and you know he smokes weed and does all that, but he's he's definitely dedicated and he's definitely focused. And you know now Holyfield's coming out. It, you're gonna have a whole list of legends coming out of the woodwork, which I'm kind of cool with. You know, I'm yeah, kind of cool yeah. with watching that. I mean, they want to do it. Let them do it. You know, I'm yeah. not gonna judge. So I'm gonna watch and spend my money to watch so i mean those guys have given us so much entertainment over the years to pay 50 dollars for pay-per-view is nothing so yeah you know exactly uh yes. how are we how are we on time rodney it's uh, uh we're good we got a couple more minutes okay let's say you got to stop us because we'll talk all night <laughs> yeah well you guys gotta have well, me back on because this is good i like uh I oh 100 we will yeah so, I, I do want to ask you i do want to ask you our one question we ask everyone because i i, I, I want to know um yeah. What is your greatest bocce memory? Oh man, that is uh, that's a good question. My greatest bocce memory. I mean, it's got to be like winning, you know. So some examples. You know, when I was when we went to Orlando, I was just on fire. I hit like five bocce's in two days, two nights, like something crazy but it was i was i was just blown like i was i was balling um Ronnie. i guess the last time i played bocce we, we went to was probably the my my last memory was um we went to this winery and we were on this course and uh, you know somebody threw and it was a good throw and then and then the other guy threw the, the, the other team threw and it was even a better throw and so it was almost like it's over with and then i threw that was the one i posted and then you hear lopez going Oh, Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> like, nice. that was probably, that was the last time I played, but um, that was a pretty good one because it was almost like it was done. Like, they were like, all right, let's go to the next winery. There's no way. Like, you know, that's okay, you got it. And then I said, okay, hold on a second. Wait a minute, wait a minute over here. <laughs> and then I threw it, and then it slowly, like, creeped around, and, you know, it was a good shot, so. Is that what coined the phrase, the Tony fade? Yeah, I guess so. That would be the Tootie Fade, yeah. Is that the Tootie Fade? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> What's the uh, the Lopez? What, what did you call yourselves? It was the Lopez Tootie Fade? Or... Did we call it? I think somebody somebody said it on that IG. I don't... Uh, yeah, okay. I think Mario... I think Mario commented that. Oh, you got to show him that Lopez Tootie Fade. Tootie yeah. Fade. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Lopez wants me on his team a lot now. Lopez likes to win, so... <laughs> Before it was like, you guys get Tootie. Now it's like, Tootie's on my side. (laughs) Good to be in with the boss, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So to go back earlier, you said we played different, like, bocce. Like, we're shooting marbles. I'm assuming it's probably the video of Chris and when I do the push-ups, we're screaming at the balls. (laughs) Um, Well, no, that was Lopez. Lopez said those guys play marbles. You know, Lopez being a wise guy, he goes, Tootie, we play play bocce. Those guys play marbles. (laughs) <laughs> so like what uh, what's the is there any other differences for you guys because i've we try to like find there's all different ways to play obviously um what are the main differences that you guys play with i know you said you had four on each side on each team so you have eight people on a team no we have two on a side so there's eight people okay. playing so yeah okay. and you know we don't we don't play on the court we play out of the court so yeah okay. so we play you can't foot fell you can't you know step over the line or you know i like that um, yeah, we, we kind of like, you know, Santa Gotti didn't really know what he was talking about. And so we kind of made up our own rules. So we played a 13, uh, you know, yeah. Bocce's three. First, the closest is two. Next one's one. Um, it That's pretty much it. And it's just, it's go from there. Wait, okay. wait, wait, hold on. So when you say a Bocce, does that mean the, Paul, the ball's touching the Paulina? Yes. And then the next yeah. one you said is worth two? Two. And then the next one is is one, so that's how we. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's real different then. I noticed that in his video. If you guys haven't checked it out, Mario and his family. He's teaching his son and his daughter. It's so funny. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember he mentioned that. It's like, oh, that's a bocce. That's three points. Or, or I noticed that was the main difference from like what we play. And so everything's yeah. just one point with we us. We should try that just for fun. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Everything. So no matter what, if it's touching or not, whatever ball's closest is one point until the next closest ball. Yeah. 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 Yeah, see that would those guys wouldn't go. They they need they're too. It's like they don't like soccer. Like I'm a big soccer fan. I have played mm-hmm. all over the world. I showed took them to a couple of games. They're like, dude, this is boring as shit. Like let's watch football. Like 
You get one goal, one point. The, the game was one nothing, and it was a good game. I'm like, yeah, it was a great game. Yeah. Like, nah. So they need points. They need like, oh, three abachis. Oh, two points. Oh, that so sucks. that's I only got one. that's where us when we throw hard and shoot a ball out. That's where that comes into play. So that's what is one of my favorite parts about the game because it's kind of like the alpha throw, right? Where you're the one yeah. that knocks it out and everyone's watching and you're just walking off all cool. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's where you miss and you put your head down and you're like, yeah. no one looked no, at me. No, it slipped out of my hand, yeah. you know. <laughs> There's a rock the excuses there. are my favorite. Yeah, oh, 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 you said something. No, I didn't say anything, fool. We know <laughs> a couple guys. You know anyone that's like always like complaining, like oh you threw it bad or oh you threw it wrong. Do you have anyone like that? We have one guy who we call him five time, and he's he's won a lot of the championships, but he's all he's like I forget what athlete they compare him to, but basically like a guy who's been on a winning team who who never did anything, but he just was on the champ the like the championship team, like the Super Bowl team, and he he gets the he'll show you all his rings and yeah, and you're like, dude, did you play any downs? Were you, did you, you know, so, uh, his jersey's always, not dirty. Yeah. He's always talking like, you know, Oh, five time, five time. And, and I'm, I'll give him credit. He's not bad, but he's definitely not the best. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I'm more like the guy, like I should, I joke around and break balls, but I, when we play, I'm not, I'm not in people's ear. I mean, I'm in their ear, like, you know, talking, but I'm not, I never like say, Oh, I'm fucking great. Like I'll throw a bocce and I will, People will make a big deal, but I can't. Well, maybe I'll make a little bit of a big deal. But, you know, I mean, this dude's like constant. Like every throw that he throws, that's even decent. He's like, "Oh my god!" And you're like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> act, act like you've been there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I had a question. Shoot. Uh, I forget. What uh? What's the plan for Rodney within the next five years? It's good. I got four-year-old twins and an eight-year-old, so I gotta have a good plan. Wow, um, four-year-old twins and an eight-year-old. Yeah, girl, uh, guy, me, are they boy, girls? I got uh, I got a, my oldest is a boy, Nico, and then I got a, a girl and boy twin, Leo and Ella. Hmm. So, uh, oh, that's yeah, perfect. Our nephew, yeah, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Made in Mexico is going to be something that's going to get me to my next film, which is either going to be Lucky Paul Smith, the bocce one. Uh, it just depends. I got a couple other projects that I wrote. Uh, and then I'm going to get to the Dino and Me one, which I was telling you guys about earlier. That was mm -hmm. a lot bigger. And then hopefully within five years, I'll be directing, writing, producing, acting a little bit. I'm really, you know, I like acting, but I don't like the, um, I like putting together the project you know yeah I, like, uh, I guess i like putting together the bocce tournament but i also like hitting the bocce so it's kind of like i'm kind of mixed you know you like right. telling the story i like telling the story i like being in the driver's seat and mm -hmm. getting the vision but i also like collaborating like the guys that i work with on made in mexico i'm so grateful for i would never be able to afford these guys um they did it because they saw the footage and they saw the first cut and they saw a lot of potential. So I had to make them partners. Well, I had to like, you know, I'd have to make them part. One guy made partner, but I had to like, there has to be something at the rainbow for them. Right. And uh, it's more projects to work on going forward. But I also gave them a lot of freedom. You know, I said, do you do what you do best? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, you know, I want you to do you and let's all collaborate on this and make the best possible project we could make. And let's go fucking sell it and make another one for more money. And let's just keep keep that formula going until we're until we're doing big Bocci. shit. Think about this, the Bocce Bros. <laughs> Think about that movie. There you go. I, hey, I lucky Paul Smith. I mean, look, I'm my name with... my name is Paul. That cracked <laughs> me up. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Paul. Crack me up, man. Fucko. Like, tells you whatever, fucko, just don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's spot that on. That was man. great. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think in, within those five years, I see a, a Bocce Bros, Lopez Tutty, uh, Tutty uh, <laughs> tournament of some sort, yeah. whether it's yeah. California, in between, somewhere. We got Tijuana. I'm fine Tijuana. with Tijuana. Yeah. I like Tijuana. Yeah, Tijuana yeah. sounds fun. I talked to uh, Alex over at American Bocce. Yeah. Yeah. 
Love Oddballs, Alex. yeah. Like Alex, I met oh a few years ago now. Him and Elisa. And uh, I was trying to get a tournament together down in Little Italy in San Diego. They got an awesome court. They have two courts down there. And their Little Italy in San Diego is probably the best in all of the United States now. I've actually honest. been there. Um, it was, what, wow, like four years ago. I visited a friend out in San Diego. And he took me by all the places. Obviously, like, stereotypical. He's like, you're Italian. You guys see Little Italy. So he took me by. And I know exactly what you're talking about. At least I think I do. Yeah. yeah no. Bocce courts. <laughs> When I was growing up down there, it was a shithole. That nobody, I mean, I didn't even know it existed. There was maybe, there was like two restaurants and uh, mm. it just exploded. And now it's like the happening, cool place to be. But it is really, really, it's nice. And the restaurants are great and the vibe's great. And, mm. uh, you know, I was trying to get some together with Lopez and a charity, uh, tie in with some celebrities and doing a tournament down there. My and, uh, you know, I see that happening. I go to sleep and keep. Oh, D- speaking of Dean, sorry, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Little Dino right there. <laughs> the uh, my audio file started playing. Sorry about that. That's right. No, Little Italy in San Diego. I went for work uh, about a year and a half ago, and I went early by myself. So I had two days out there, and I I loved it. I didn't see the bocce yeah. courts you're talking about, so I'm kind of depressed now. But just gives they're, me they're more reason. Nice. Yeah, it gives me more reason to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So do it. Set it up. Next five years. Yeah. Next go. five years. Yeah, well, bocce Bros, American Bocce Company, and uh and then Lopez and myself. There we'll you go. A whole a whole a whole merger. Now, now where are you where do you reside at? Now is it LA, San Diego? I live in a place called uh like Westlake Village. It's a little north of LA. Um okay. kind of like going into Ventura. It's nice. Okay. Yeah. Is it by Westwood? No, it's not by Westwood's more like in the city. I'm kind of, I'm like out in the suburb. Gotcha. Okay. It, it would kind of be Westwood. like if it was New York, I would be like upstate. Like I would be okay. out of Got the it. city. I'd commute in. What's the commute you for get, you like? The commutes actually the mileage isn't bad. It's only like like right now it's taking me thirty five minutes, but you know, in the heat of things back when everything was normal, it was about an hour and change. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We were there for a but, wedding last year and to go eight miles was like 40 minutes in the city. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got, I lived in the city for a long time. And when my wife got pregnant with the twins, we, we weren't planning on it. It just happened. And so, uh, <laughs> so we found a place out there, you know, out in Westlake village, which is a really nice suburb. And, uh, there's a really cool place out there called the, um, uh, the stone house. It has a bocce court. It's right by my house. Love it. Not Perfect. as nice as I would like it to be because it's a little beat up, but you know they have wine and food, so we go there, you know, and play and eat and drink. Nice. So. Nice. Couple wines and the court looks perfect. <laughs> Couple wines. <laughs> <laughs> so is bocce fairly? I mean, I know it's not the most popular game, but I was looking up in, in Cali in general, and it seems like there's quite a you know a few courts out there. I mean, you already mentioned San Diego, and then where you're at in Cali or. Uh, um, you know, Westlake. Yeah, Westlake. Thank you. Yeah. You know, how is it? Do you see it like every now and then, you know, little courts here and there? Or? You know, um, not really. The only one that I know about by me is at the Stone House. And the reason that it's there is because it's a whole like Tuscany type of vibe and it's a restaurant, vineyard, hotel. Yeah. So it's almost like it goes with it. Um, in fact, I talked to Alex at one point. He was like, why don't you start a league out there? You know, I smoke cigars. and I, there's, a, there's a cigar lounge out there called the Old Oaks. It's pretty famous, a lot of people. And I was like, you know, that could be cool. But I just got three little kids, and I don't know when I would get the time, so I don't want to get it. Yeah, that's rough. It's a lot. Yeah. Definitely. But You got a whole bocce team just with your kids. <laughs> Teach them to be prodigies. Yeah. 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 Well, at the place that, that I live in a complex uh, in – there's no bocce court. And so I told the HOA, I said, listen, I'll pay for it. Okay. It'll bring the value up of the houses uh, and, and let me put it in. And they were kind of like, really? You're going to, I go, yes, I'll do it myself. You know, like I'll, I just put a little plaque on the rinks, kids dedicated. Yeah. And then I mm-hmm. could have somewhere to go play. Right. Uh, That'd but be then awesome. The COVID hit. So what I did is I live in a cul-de-sac. I went and got the, um, on Amazon, I got the rubber balls that have the sand in them. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So me and my kids, we got a hacky sack as the Polina because the other one. That, so we play, it, we play in the little cul-de-sac. Oh, nice. You know? that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 
That's what's so great about like, the game is you can, you know, create it in some way. You know, just be yeah. creative and figure it out. That's exactly what you did. I got to be careful, though, because, uh, like, one day I had some wine. I got a cigar. I started talking shit to myself. Hey, that's a horrible <laughs> throw. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, really? You're not with Lopez. You got to chill Teach out. him young. Teach him young. <laughs> You're like the Little League dad that just yells at his son in front of everyone. Hey, maybe that's a good that's a good film then. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Question. Uh, I have a question we forgot to ask earlier. So you know, you reached out to Carmen's account, Youngstown Bocce, and we sent over some shirt. How did you hear about Youngstown Bocce and whatnot? Like, how did we? How did you get connected with Carm that brought it to all of this? Um, you know, I was, um, I think, through Alex, through American Bocce, because, okay. like I said, I when I get involved in something, I I, I pretty much get involved in it. Like when I like like something and I'm passionate, like I, I I pretty much like eat, breathe, live it. And so like bocce, we started playing. And I just I, I had fun, dude. And it, it was just you know like I said, having three kids and working a lot, and and you know that was my vice. Like my you know I, where I live, I don't have uh you know I don't have time to make friends. Like you know I know people out there, but it's not like I go to the bar and drink. I got kids at home, so I got to either work. Or be with my family, which is fine. That's what I want. Mm. But when I do get time away, it was always like at Lopez's place, and it was always, you know, bocce, you know, cigars, yacht rock, drinks, mm -hmm. like you know, having fun. So then after that, I was like, you know, and so I started following handles on IG, and I came across, uh, I came across you guys, Youngstown, and I liked the sweaters. I was like, oh, those are fucking dope. Awesome, so then, uh, yeah, Heck yeah, we'll have yeah, to yeah. get you the LA one too. Yeah, we gotta get you the Los Angeles one. Yeah, Lopez's wife wants the Pittsburgh one. I showed it to her. She's from Pittsburgh. Oh, perfect. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He mentioned that in the in the letter. He was like, uh, he knows the DeBartlos. Uh, yeah. The you know his wife's from Pittsburgh. So yeah, we'll have yeah. to we'll have to get him one. Um, yeah. If you can get her size for us, we'll send her one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I'll, I'll text I think you. women's small. She's she's petite. She's little. Yeah. Okay. So. Sounds good. Perfect. Let me know when you guys make a Glendale because that's where Lopez lives in Glendale, California. Yeah. Like okay. Bocci one. I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah. You want a you want a Los Angeles one or you want a Westlake one or what do you want? I'll do you know what just just do LA. Don't do Glendale. I'll do an LA one cuz we're okay. Angelinos okay. and that's, you know, it's all the I mean, we could do whatever you want. We have a we have a connect. Like oh, a, you got a connect. <laughs> <laughs> we got a guy. We got a guy that knows a guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'll shoot you a text after this, uh, sometime this weekend and we'll, we'll get some, something lined up for that. Okay, cool. Cool guys. But yeah, we, we know you're busy. Um, so we'll let you go here. We appreciate, uh, you know, Ronnie joining with us tonight. Ronnie, where can, I'm going to share the, the kiss, which I already did on our social media page, um, on the yeah. Bocce Bros, but I'll, I'll also share it on Facebook and then, uh, um, YouTube as well. I'll post it yeah. at the end of our video podcast that we have here as well. Um, yeah. Anything else that you want to, you know, plug before we close off here? No, it just made in Mexico, which, like I said, it's going to be in the hotels for a little while. So, I mean, if you're going to be, but then I'm going to take it to, you know, the platforms and I'll definitely worst case scenario, I'll go to Amazon. So you'll be able to see it on Amazon. I, I can't give you a date yet because I, I kind of got to see how it does on the um, Sonified. Right. But I have a feeling it's going to do well. Good. Uh, nice. But yeah, man. And then uh, just my IG, you know, uh, Rodney Rinks. Yep. At Rodney Rinks on IG. And then what's the, what's your, the hair product one or the hairstyle? Oh, it, the, the, uh, the, ma the hair one, the, ha the men's grooming is Totified. Totified. So. Okay. T-U-D-D-I-F-I-E-D. Awesome. Well, we we'll definitely want to do this again. I want to talk to you more about boxing because I'm a big boxing fan. Um, and then everything else. I mean, our podcast always say this. 10 to 15% of it's bocce. Everything else is just us shooting the shit. And yeah. uh, obviously with the cigars, drinking, bocce, that's exactly what we like to do. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Loved your story. Loved, loved how you've done everything and where you're at. So congrats on, you know, everything you've done so far. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate that, man. All right, brother. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, good man. talking to you. And uh, let's do it again. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like talk soon. Have a good Christmas if we don't talk to you. Yes. All right. Good. See you. Later. Thanks. My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just to be beginning. 
my life is gonna be beautiful. I've sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the fella said. Tell me quick, ain't love a kick in the head. Like the fella once said.